At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JustBaseball, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JustBaseball. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. back after a brief hiatus welcome to the just baseball show it is thursday july 6th that's arm layton and i'm peter apple and the just baseball show is brought to you by bet mgm the king of sports books make sure to use promo code just baseball when you sign up and deposit into your newly created account download the bet mgm sports app on ios or android or visit betmgm.com place your first bet offer and receive up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if it loses if the bet does lose your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled remember gambling problem call or text 1-800-GAMBLER must be 21 or older arm we haven't gotten a chance to get back on the mic in a little bit you know with london and you know with my horrific softball injury now we've just been a little bit busy we'll both be in seattle and we have a loaded show for the folks 
right? I have a hypothetical question for Arm off the top, but we're also going to get into all the replacements for the reserves or starters for the 2023 All-Star Game in Seattle. We're going to talk about the shakeup in the American League West and a couple of key injuries. We have Arm's famous prospect report, and then we're going to end on some really bad news. Before I get into the hypothetical arm, I haven't spoken to you in a while. How are you? I know, I know man. It's crazy. I've been, uh, I, I went through the ringer a little bit too. I talked about it on the pod with Jack, like the food poisoning a little bit after you had your incident. And then also like, that was when I was supposed to like leave Europe. So I had to stay a little bit longer because I'm not flying with food poisoning. There's no way. Uh, but now we're all good. And it's ironic that you're going to ask me a hot dog question as I'm like just starting to like eat solid food again. Um, so very much looking forward to that. But no, man, if if we were not uh, linking up in Seattle for like a whole week together now, I'd be like, yo, you and I need to do like a bonus episode or something this weekend. Like it's been too long, but we got a full week of shit to do together now. So I'm pumped. It's perfect timing. If we're going to have like a, an uncharacteristic layoff with you and I on the mic. And we are fresh off a 4th of July day. Hopefully everybody enjoyed mm-hmm. independence day. Happy birthday, America. And this is what prompted the hot dog question. So um, I'm at this 4th of July gathering and someone mentioned this. I think they saw it on a TikTok or they saw it on social media somewhere and they brought it up to the room. And unfortunately, I don't know who posted this. This wasn't my idea. This was given to me. So if you know the person who came up with this hypothetical, feel free to reach out and we'll we'll somehow shout them out. But Yeah, retweet it or something. We'll retweet it or something. So this is the hypothetical. So you get paid $1 million on December 31st, right? So you have to do a full year or something. So the challenge starts on January 1st and ends December 31st, and you will get paid $1 million. It will not be taxed. The government ain't taking a dime. $1 million cash. Already unrealistic. Already unrealistic. <laughs> and it gets more unrealistic. You are charged. You have to eat six hot dogs every single day, 365 days a year. Now, the caveat is you can put whatever condiments on. I saw a bunch of comments. Can I put chili? Can I put cheese? No, no, no. It is a hot dog, and the condiments are ketchup, mustard, relish, onions. That's it. You can mix them all the way you want. But you can't, like, cut up hot dogs or not use a bun. It is a hot dog, and it is a bun. No bratwurst, no sausages, a Nathan's hot dog in a bun with those condiments. So the way I thought about it, I need to eat six a day and it's going to be over 2,100 hot dogs eaten. Now you can eat other oh. things. You can take vitamins. You can go, to, you can sweat it out, but every single day you have to eat six hot dogs. And another catch is let's say it's Christmas. Let's say it's the middle of July and you miss one hot dog. No money. If you miss one hot dog, you're done. So you could get all the way down there. You get all the way to Christmas when you're eating your 2100th hot dog. And if you miss one, you get zero money. You don't get like some of it. So that's the challenge. Start January 1st and December 31st, six hot dogs a day, all regular hot dogs. And if you don't miss a single dog, you get paid a million dollars. Are you doing it? I'm signing up 100%. I mean, the the, the opportunity there is is 
too, too awesome. I mean, to get that kind of money, I think every, almost everybody listening to this podcast is signing up, but the, I think the real question is like, how confident am I in being able to like fulfill it and actually do it? That's, That's where it with my you. stomach, with my stomach issues, dude, I've got such a soft stomach. Like it's, it's brutal. Um, I, like that's the big part too. Like I okay, you have food poisoning. You still got a down six. Six. So people are like, well, what if you go on vacation? And I I found a great oh, yeah. comment under the thread. It's like, you're gonna get paid a million dollars on December 31st. You're not going on vacation this year. Your full focus is eating hot yeah. dogs. And I was like, it's I respect that person. I'm I'm signing on, but I, I do think that there's gonna be a point in time where either like my health deteriorates to the part to the point of which like have you ever seen like supersize me like the guy that eats mcdonald's every single meal every single day for however long and he legitimately almost he almost died (laughs) i feel like i'm gonna be the guy that like legitimately almost dies but i try it i have to try it like i think you're you're a bozo if you don't try that like that's too much money you you can't pass on that but i don't think people realize how long a year is oh yeah like a year, that's all 365 days of six hot dogs every single day with so many things that are going to happen in your life throughout that year i'm trying it but i'm i'm telling you i don't think i make it like i, I think which is the worst case scenario but i think that's what would end up happening for me and i think there's some good counterpoints one is can you actually make it right because you buy in and let's say in the middle of august you're like, holy shit, I'm going to pass away. Yeah. And I just wasted all of it. So you got to think about long-term health. And that's another part of it. If you ate 2,200 hot dogs in a year, what's that cutting off your life expectancy? We saw Joey Chestnut. I think I heard something that every single time they do one of these competitions, it takes like six months off their life or something <laughs> like that. that. I'd buy that. Yeah. Is it worth yeah. the long-term health? Because if you eat 2,200 hot dogs, I'm sure whoever governs our world is saying, yeah, I mean, you're going to live 10 years yeah, less. Yeah. You, you just lost some time. You lost time, which is more yeah. than fair. But it's a million dollars. I think you could do it. I really do. I've What's seen the, you eat, dude. I, 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 would, I would do it. And knowing with that much money on the line, I would push through. And I yeah. think I'd be able to make it. What's the lowest amount of money you take to try it? So to try it, to do it, a quarter mil. Really, quarter mil. I wouldn't do it for a quarter mil. I would need at least. I think I need at least seven fifty. I would like a million is, but it's so funny. A lot of people at the gathering I was at said they would not do it. Wow, that they wouldn't do it. I was one of the. Is that a rich ones. gathering? There was probably like no. It was just regular people. <laughs> there was probably like ten or eleven people there. I was one of like three who said they would do it. Wow. Wow. I, I get it. I it's get also it, but... a very male dominated challenge. You see oh, my Twitter 100%, 100%. Obviously my, our following is unfortunately 99% male. Everyone's like, of course I would do it. Some of the funniest things yeah. were like, I'm doing that anyway and not getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the YouTube comments and like on Twitter, uh, I want to, I want to hear from the people that wouldn't do it. And I yeah, also want to hear the, from the person who's, Number would be the lowest to do it. Those are the two <laughs> replies I want to see. Some guys can be like, I do that for like a grand. A <laughs> are the hot dogs a- covered? A grand and, and free hot dogs, I'm in. A girl made a good comment that I was with. She was like, um, if I have to go to the same grocery store and buy a pack of hot dogs every day, I couldn't live with the embarrassment. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> They're going to be like, what's wrong with this? Yeah, what's wrong with you? 
And they're like, I would spend more time going to different stores to yeah. save myself the embarrassment. And That's I'm like, awesome. who gives a shit? It's a million dollars. But all right, let's get into some all-star reserves. But before that, we got an event going on in eBay, Arm, with eBay yes. in Seattle. It's going to be a great watch party. Tell the people where we're going to be in Seattle. Yeah, so obviously we'll be right by the stadium. We're going to be doing a trade night with eBay, which is really fun. I'm bringing all of my best cards. Other folks are going to be bringing it. It's eBay does these trade nights across America, but we're going to be at the Gantry Public House, which is right by the stadium. It's G-A-N-T-R-Y Public House. We'll be there from the afternoon into the evening. So even if you don't have any cards to bring or you don't want to buy any cards, we'll be there from like 3 p.m. onward, talking draft, enjoying the draft, hanging out and and just meeting folks. And I know we don't have a ton of listeners probably in Seattle, but if you happen to be in the area for All-Star Week, if you happen to be in Seattle, definitely come by and hang out with us at Gantry Public House. I'll be bringing some of my favorite cards that I have. I'll be trying to buy and sell some. Uh, you'll kind of see some of us wheel and deal. But again, if you just want to hang out with us and uh, watch the draft, that's what we'll be doing too. It's going to be a fun place, some food, drinks, all that good stuff. And right by the stadium, it'll get you in the spirit of All-Star Week. So come hang out with us Sunday, July 9th for draft day and an eBay trade night. Can't wait. So make sure to come join us at the eBay trade event. Uh, Gantry Fieldhouse, is that what you're saying? Gantry Public House. I'll put the link to the YouTube or YouTube Facebook event so you can RSVP. I think it helps ebay to kind of know might help us get some more free drinks involved in food i'm not sure but if you can rsvp i I had to like dig into my find out what my facebook password was to rsvp to this so i don't blame you for those that are listening that probably are like facebook but if you can rsvp there uh, that would definitely help i had to get my uh password uh you know like reset my password sent to my to my email which was slugger 17a at aol.com i like that Um, that that was my seven-year-old email um, was, so that that's that's like Facebook is basically that like that's what it's at for me at this point. I don't think I've logged in in years besides to RSVP to this event. Years. Uh, my old Gmail account is PeteBaseball at gmail.com. <laughs> Electric that's user. also really good. Just my name and baseball. I couldn't think of anything else when I was 11. Nope. All right. So some all-star replacements. So these are guys who are replacing injuries, which we will talk about, which are big for the upcoming playoff races. And for the, of course, the second half. So the first replacement, Kyle Tucker is going to replace Mike Trout, who just went down with a broken hamate bone. Kyle Tucker's having a phenomenal year and he deserves it. Now, would I like to see Josh Naylor somehow finagle his way into the all-star game? Absolutely. But Kyle Tucker is more than deserving 850 OPS. He's hitting almost 313 bombs, 14 steals, and leads the Astros in hits. Was there anyone else that you thought would be a good replacement for Mike Trout? Other than Kyle Tucker, I think it's well-deserved. Yeah, no, I I think the way Tucker's been playing of late, too. I mean, he's been really coming on strong. And, you know, I I know that the All-Star nod is supposed to be, you know, what you've done through these 80-whatever games. But, of course, there's going to be some recency to it. And I think it's it's, it's worthy to send the guy in that's really swinging it well right now. I I think Tucker's the right pick there. And to me, he's got that, like, star power to him we've been talking about kind of waiting for him to turn into that mvp caliber player that we thought he could be you know, even at the beginning of last year year before that but even so like that's kind of the guy that you want to see getting plugged in here i love some of the new blood and i think we have plenty of that but it's nice to see like a a, a big time name trying to fill in for the biggest time name here uh which we'll get into the mike trout injury when we talk about the aos as you mentioned peter uh but 
man, that sucks. But I am happy to see Kyle Tucker in there. Absolutely, I'm too, and he he deserves it. Uh, our next replacement, Juan Franco, is going to replace Aaron Judge. Yeah. Um. Finally, justice. Right. Yeah. Juan Franco was the most one of the most deserving players in the American League to be an All Star. I think you could make a sound argument that he should be the starter over yeah. a Corey Seager, over a Bo Bichette. Yeah. Unfortunately, did not make it, but Whit Merrifield of the Toronto Blue Jays did. Mm-hmm. Shout out Whit Merrifield, our biggest snub, and I think one of the biggest snubs in the history of the All-Star game. I'm not even kidding. I, I, I told I mean, Jack this. Do you know that if you combine Whit Merrifield's war and Matt Olson's war, you get Wander Franco's war? I, I honestly thought it would have been less. I mean, Wander Franco's third in the game in war behind Ronald Acuna Jr. and Shohei Otani. Yeah, I, I, that, that's the craziest snub. And I get it. It's 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 a market thing. And we talked about that. And we're talking about the Rays versus Canada. Uh, that, that's what's going to happen. But the one thing that that seems and it's unfortunate, but the one thing that seems to be like the silver lining out of the biggest snubs every year with the All-Star game is that, unfortunately, there's inevitable injuries from the time that they announced the, the All-Star game. Uh, and rosters to the actual finalization of it. And usually those guys that were incredibly snubbed end up getting in. And that's exactly what happened here with Franco. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I know you guys broke it down, but to echo your sentiment, Peter, I don't think I can think of a bigger snub than a guy with a four F war through the first half of the season. I, this guy's going to finish with an eight win season and he may not have met, not, not have made the all-star game. I know he had been slowing down of late. He wasn't playing quite as well. And then had that little benching because of uh, attitude issues or whatever. But come on, man. I mean, <laughs> this was this was a no brainer. I'm glad he's in. If Shohei Otani wasn't a person, which I'm not totally sure that he is a person, but he is currently playing in Major League Baseball, Juan Franco would be the American League MVP right now. Yeah. Would he not? I he'd be, he's very easily the favorite. I mean, who else would it be? I you could make the case for Seager, but not enough sample size. So I I think yeah, I think it would be Wander. There you go. All right. So let's uh, keep moving on. Um, David Bednar of the Pirates yeah. is replacing Clayton Kershaw. Good for Bednar. I spoke on the last podcast with Jack saying Bednar, I thought, was a huge snub. I thought he sh- arguably should have been in over Devin Williams, but he deserved to be in the All-Star game. 16 saves, a one four four ERA, no walks, tons of strikeouts. Love the way he plays bully ball. It does stink for Clayton Kershaw, of course, but the Dodgers made it clear that they don't think that the injury is going to last that long I personally think and this is just conjecture a complete guess that they don't see a need in pushing his innings he's up over 100 already let's just rest him for his next start let's go through the all-star break and let's get him back fresh that's my guess could be wrong and I hope that's what it is right because we don't want to see a prolonged injury for Clayton Kershaw but that's you know where we're at right now I think, you know, I think it's it's a few things. And I think when you look at the state of their rotation, you could say, oh, well, they need him right now. Well, no, they need him in the back end of the season way more. And I think they're looking at the long game. They're realizing, hey, we don't we don't have, uh, you know, a ton of options that we're going to really, really trust in the postseason. May's now Dustin May's now out for the season, which stinks with that flexor surgery. Now it's looking like, you know, he he. I hope he can come back, but there's a legitimate question as to whether he will ever get, get back to what we saw him as, as he first kind of came into the league. And um, I think that you have to be as careful as possible with Clayton Kershaw, because you can say what you want about Kershaw in the postseason. I think it's very clear that this guy pitching the way he is pitching right now 
is going to be one of the guys that you're going to ride to the World Series if you're going to make it. And uh, I, I love the idea of just being extremely cautious. I'm with you. I don't think it's anything too crazy. And you just got to be so careful when guys are this old. Kershaw has some – he's not the oldest guy in the world, but he has the injury history. I think I do agree. I think it's like an innings management thing. And I'm not, I'm glad that it allows someone like Bednar to get in who had a one, three, six, a one, seven, eight, fifth. Like this guy should have gotten into probably one of the biggest snubs. Hasn't given up any long balls. Basically uh, he's just been dominant for an over. I know they've been disappointing as of late, but still an overachieving pirates team. His usage is as high as anybody's. Uh, he's been as important as any reliever in baseball. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, moving on to Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners, you know, replacing Jordan Alvarez. And at first glance, when I first saw it, I was like, are we just getting Julio in for the star factor? Right. But, you know, it, it's it's so funny when, you know, we look at a player, right? And if he has a down year to his standards, it almost gets thrown in as like he's having a bad year. Yeah. Because he's not the Julio Rodriguez, the MVP. 13 home runs, 20 steals. He's got two good and a half at four. Yeah. I mean, like, he's been very good. I know Mariners fans, I saw some stuff. They were like, oh, he's he's not even our best outfielder right now, right? It's J.P. Craw- Crawford. It's Jared Kelnick. It's Teoscar Hernandez. It's, it's one of these guys. And I was like, come on. I looked it up. Like, Julio's been great. Do you think anybody else is more deserving, though? Because I know there's a handful of guys I think you could definitely make the argument for. But at the same time, Julio's had a good, like, he he might be 25-40 this year while playing great defense in center as a 22-year-old. Yeah, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's a reach to have him in there. Uh, like I don't think it's a reach. You mentioned the F4. You mentioned he's playing great defense in center field, the stolen bases. He's starting to, to get it going a little bit more at the stick in terms of home runs. I, I would have liked to have seen maybe like, I'd like to see Josh Lowe in there, but Josh Lowe is a two F4 guy. Uh, technically speaking, you know, Julio Rodriguez has him edged out and, and Julio Rodriguez is playing more. They, the, the Rays kind of protect Josh Lowe from left on left on occasion. Uh, I think ultimately it's it's you look across most of the guys in the outfield in the American League, unless I'm missing somebody, are 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 in. So I think those yes. Red Sox have a definite yeah. like Verdugo, Devers. I think not Devers, excuse me, Masataka Yoshida. I probably wouldn't put Yoshida in that, but I would put Verdugo in that. I think Verdugo is very deserving for the Boston Red Sox, and I wouldn't have mind seeing him, but their years aren't that different. Yeah, you know, you're looking at Verdugo, a 1-9 F4. He's in 291, he's 121 WRC+. plus. But, you know, I, I think the guy that's playing a high-level center field probably gets the nod with a little bit more in the counting stats department. Like, Verdugo, great job, bat to ball, gets on base. But six homers, three bags when you're looking at – and for me, all-star game, like, I like looking at the advanced stats, but also – that's yeah. where you get to kind of be like, have fun and just look at home runs and stolen base. That's why we're called, watching the all-star game anyways. I, I called them the originals. Yeah. The OGs, the OG yeah. stats. Like it's, yeah. it's your production. That's what gets you an all-star nod. Like we can use advanced stats to predict future success, or we could just talk about when we're analyzing a player being like, yeah, he got a little bit lucky. He's due for some positive regression in the second half, but with Cy Young's with MVPs, with, you know, all-star game appearances, it's really based on the production stats, the counting numbers, unless there's like a tie and you can point to something like that. But 
and, and most importantly though too like you know how anticlimactic would it be for us to be there and like you know julio rodriguez isn't an all-star like he'd just be the derby guy and then dipping like it's it's weird so i'm happy for him i know that there was pressure on him to try to perform over the last couple months to try to get into the all-star game, which I don't think he, he would have thought would even be a problem at all uh, going into the year. So, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Seattle fans. Like I, I, it's the right thing beyond the stat line. And I think it's not a reach with the stat line. So it makes it a no brainer. And I think our last replacement or the, the only one that we have currently, because you know, we still have a couple more days. Now, hopefully, hopefully no more, but hopefully yeah. no more. But this is the last one, and I think incredibly deserving. He would have made my all-star pitching staff. George Kirby replaces Shane McClanahan. George Kirby on uh the Seattle Mariners. On a couple podcasts ago, I went over how historic George Kirby's command has been this season. Three to one ERA, the highest strikeout to walk ratio by far in major league baseball, 86 strikeouts, nine walks. It's it's he has to be an all star. And I saw the uh, the Bally sports video of when uh, the manager for the Mariners was announcing it and all the Mariners players just surrounded George Kirby and started celebrating such a cool moment and more than more than deserving. Now, Joe Ryan deserves a nod here. I think Joe Ryan has been one of the best overall pitchers in baseball, so it stinks to not get him in. I think there's a couple more guys. I think John Gray is deserving. You know, there's a few others, but those are the first two names that come to my mind. But yeah. I like putting George Kirby in. I think between those three, maybe I'd go Joe Ryan. But again, I think George Kirby is has been fantastic. Yeah, and this is another one where, you know, they say like Ty goes to the runner. I think Ty goes to the Mariner here. It, where it's just it's the way it's got to be with these all-star yeah. games it's a show it's for the fans and it literally is that close of a tie and then i think the other thing that kind of breaks the tie is trends and joe ryan has kind of been on a downturn lately and george kirby has been on an upswing he's been pitching really well i think the last start he was dominant through the first five innings and they almost perfect through the first five or six innings so i uh, t- to me i think that think this was the right decision and then of course similar to j-rod like puts it over the top by putting the mariner in there but there's something special about what Kirby does in a game now that's so stuff-driven where command sometimes goes to the wayside. I love what George Kirby does. And I think when you have that kind of strikeout-to-walk ratio and you lead the league by so much, that's got to have some value too. So I'm all in on, on George Kirby being an all-star, and I'm pumped on that. And continuing this trend, talking about injuries, the Angels ran into an absolute disaster. Yeah, Mike Trout is now out. Was it broken hamate bone? Yeah, it's it broken hamate bone. Broken hamate bone, which really hurts power production. It's that bone in your hand. You get it when you swing really hard, and sometimes yeah. it could just break. Giancarlo Stanton's dealt with it. Aaron Judge has dealt with it. Jordan Alvarez dealt with it J-Ram. before the season. J-Ram happens to a lot of these big-time power bats. I think the and, Judge have it way back, too. Oh, yeah. No, Judge. Every, Stanton, every power guy. like Every huge your hands, dude. The stupid-ass bone. Stupid ass bone. Every huge power hitter has basically sustained this injury at one point in their career, and it sucks. It yeah. sucks. But the nightmare doesn't end there. Anthony yeah. Rendon fouls a ball off. He's now out. Shohei Otani exited the game as a pitcher, but stayed in as a DH with a blister on his hand. That's a nightmare. For these Los Angeles Angels, like you look at their lineup without these guys in it, and it is not good. Zach Neto still on the shelf, right? 
They bring in guys like Mike Moustakis. And when you look Eduardo at their Escobar. lineup, what? Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar. Arm, if they don't have these three guys, they are going to be in a tailspin. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. I think we're looking at one of the most aggressive teams now, I think, as the, as the deadline gets closer. Uh, they may be trying to make a trade sooner rather than later. And we're going to talk about how the you know AL West is you know kind of open for the taking a little bit, or at least uh, the the teams in the AL West outside of you know the the Texas Rangers are are starting to kind of head in different directions and and hit these interesting trends. But you look at the Astros; they're only three games back of the Rangers. We'll get into them. Um, and the Angels, they weren't hanging around, but now they've kind of slid a little bit. But you know, they're, they're still within shouting distance. I think anything anyone within eight games is in shouting distance up until the end, other side of the the All Star break. But if it weren't for Mickey Moniak, if it weren't for some of these other guys that have stepped up, I'd be really, 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 really concerned. But you can kind of feel the season slipping away a little bit, Peter. Like all of a sudden, Joe Adele is back in there, and we're hoping he can catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe like all of a sudden. It feels like we're kind of back to last year with yeah. a lot of the vibes around this team. And it stinks because we didn't even mention Logan Ohapi, who, you know, was hurt months ago, who looked like he was on a fast track to potentially being one of the rookie of the year finalists. Like this team is just cursed. I don't know what else there is to say. I always think it's silly when people say, oh, the team's cursed. But I mean, who can you blame for this other than a horrible luck? Like yeah. I feel so bad for the Angels and Angels fans because I thought Perry Manassian did a pretty good job of putting a decent team around Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, but you can't control this shit. Like you can't control it. They finally get something special with Neto being able to come up and contribute. They're not asking that much of him. Just play a good shortstop and be a good nine hitter. He was doing exactly that. He gets an oblique. And that's one of the most athletic players that you're going to see. Like he doesn't deal with injuries. He never really did through college. It's just crazy to me that how much bad luck this team has had three and seven in their last 10, and then they get hit with these three bombs. That's why I really wanted to talk about when we, before we press the record button, we always say, well, what do we want to talk about today? And I said, we have to talk about this American league West division. Cause I think it's one of the most entertaining. There's so many good players and so many good teams. And it's a dog fight right now. As we sit here today, Seattle Mariners are 42 and 42. They are eight games back. The Los Angeles Angels are 45 and 43, seven games back. The Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers just had the Lone Star Series with the Astros taking, if I'm not mistaken, three out of four, which brought them to within three games of Texas's lead of the division at 51 and 35. The Astros are at 48 and 38. Now, the Astros are doing a lot of this without Jordan Alvarez. And they're only going to get him back as potentially one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. When I say potentially, I accidentally added that word in as a filler. There is no potentially. He is. So they get him back. You know, Altuve, Tucker, Bregman. Mauricio Dubon was on that incredible history. He had Man. 20 in a row. Yeah. His team is really, really good. And they have the potential Cy Young Award winner in Framber Valdez. But there are holes on both teams. Texas needs to add more starters. They just do. Like Martin Perez has not replicated the magic that he did last year. Andrew Heaney, it's tough to know what you're going to get on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, John Gray, we talked about him potentially deserving an all-star nod, and he has. But at the same time, this is where we start to use some advanced data and say, well, is he going to continue this? Because his expected stats are all in the fours. 
I don't think this is a high twos, low threes ERA guy. Yeah. Now, Nathan Eovaldi has been fantastic, but at the end of the day, he's he's getting older. Is he going to continue to be this dominant? Now, is he going to regress to a four ERA guy? No. But is he going to be like this for the entire second half? I have my doubts. There's problems in the bullpen. Adding Roldis Chapman was big. But the offense can only carry you so far. And the Astros, they have problems too with Christian Javier. Christian Javier has not looked like the same guy. He's mostly a two-pitch pitcher. And those two pitches just don't have the same life that they did last year. He's been really struggling lately. So that's why I think this division is one of the most entertaining and unpredictable divisions in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Because there's problems on every team, and there's incredible bright spots on every team. And I wrote my article, because I was betting on this Astros-Rangers series all weekend. I thought it was one of the best series of the year. The Astros really took it to them. Yeah. They really did. I mean, the Rangers had this incredible comeback. The Astros went up 10-2. Rangers came all the way back, but then the Astros ended up winning it. But there were some blowout wins in there. Not not a lot, you know. They still kept it relatively close. But when I was watching that series, I came away thinking – the Astros are better than the Rangers. And I know that's tough to just grab from one series. But when I know when the Astros are hot versus the Rangers are hot, give me the Astros. Like, so, and they, you know, it was in Arlington. It was yeah. in, it was at home for Texas and they've been a great home team this year, but the Astros held their own. Their bullpen is so damn good that they can just shut down games late. Yeah. I personally would take the Astros over the Rangers and I know that's crazy, but we'll see what happens. So a couple things. First of all, I I also forgot that Brandon Drury hit the IL on the 29th of June. Yeah. God bless the Angels first first. That was the one thing I had to throw in there. Um, and, and that's not including some of the relievers, Ben Joyce, all those guys. But I love everything that you hit on because it's pretty funny. I think maybe three three weeks ago. And and this is the funny thing, like you when you do a baseball podcast every single day for an entire season, where you you see some of those like Mike Mike Francesa clips where it's like him arguing against himself, yeah, um, where they like find something you said here and then something you said here and they're like, yeah, like what do you actually believe? <laughs> Three weeks ago, I said I might be concerned about the Houston Astros because they just looked rough and i'm like they okay did. well where, where's Brantley at? Uh, Tucker's not performing as well as I thought it, at that point was like flirting right above high 700s, low 800s. There were some questions across the board. We knew McCullers was out for the season. And then, of course, I mean, like, this is what you get for doubting the Astros. They basically turned it on since then. And I I think they pretty much put that to bed for me. Like, I I don't think I'm very concerned about them. I don't think that they are the, like, clear, clear clear-cut number one or number, like, number one or one A, one B dominant Astros. But – they weren't going to be that. Like I, I was thinking like, man, this team may, may be fighting for a playoff spot. I don't think that's the issue either. They're in, in between those two spots. And to your point, the Rangers are looking behind them now, especially after this series. And when Jack was leading us through like games of the weekend and, and series of the weekend, I was like, this is a series where the Astros can really, really make their statement and say, hey, Texas Rangers, we know you're playing unbelievable ball. We know you're the story of the year. But we're the fucking Houston Astros, and we're right here. Yep. And to your point, they did exactly that this series. And one, I mean, they were going to be aggressive anyways. But one, I think that really galvanizes them to like, let's go make a move. And I'm really excited because you're going to see a good old-fashioned bidding war between these two teams. You set the scene here. So what do you think is the biggest need for the Astros? I, I agree. The Rangers need pitching. And the good news for the Rangers is 
they can go rental route. Like that, that's fine. They'll, they're they're going to get to Grom back, you know, a year from now. Like they don't need to go control. They got young pitchers that they can bring up next year. They can sell out for a rental. So they could go Jordan Montgomery. They could go Eduardo Rodriguez. Like they could go a million different directions. But when you look at the Astros, what do you really feel like they need to to close that three game gap? Which I think naturally they might, but they need a they they need to kind of kick the nitros and and, and try to get going. It's funny. I think the Astros and the Rangers are in the exact same spot. They need a big time starter. When I look at the Astros, I look at Frambert. You're going to win basically every single one of yeah. those games. Christian Javier, do I think this is going to continue? Not particularly. Am I a little bit worried? Yes, but not so worried where I think he could cost them anything major. But then I look at JP France. <laughs> yeah. I look at Ronel Blanco. I look at guys like that. Yeah. Those guys are not playoff starters. Now, can they yeah. keep you in games in the regular season? Absolutely. But they need to be aggressive at the deadline and go get a Shane Bieber. They need to be aggressive and go get an Eduardo Rodriguez, a Jordan Montgomery, someone in that breath. They need to be able to make that move. But the thing is, Arm, I genuinely think that the Rangers have been playing some of the best baseball that they could possibly do. And the Astros have fallen far below expectations, and there's a three-game gap. No, that's a good point. That's that's my point, right? The Astros have been way underperforming, and Texas is the story of the year. And there are three games between each other, and the Astros just took three out of four. That's what I'm saying here. That's why when we were asked on the mailbag episode, I said, who is the sleeping giant? I said the Astros. Because I'm like, they got the league right where they want them. Yeah. Yeah, sleep on us. You're right. We're not having that good of a year. Jordan's out. Jordan's still out, ladies and gentlemen. He is still out, and they're doing this. Like, you take the best player off the Rangers, how is that going? If you take out Corey Seager, they were still playing great, so credit to them. But that was in the midst of some of the hottest baseball that anyone was playing over the entire season. They have Corey Seager back, and they still lost to an Astros team three games now back and without Jordan Alvarez with less than ideal pitching options. The Rangers just don't have the bullpen arms that the Astros do. They don't. And when those guys are hitting, when Jordan's back, the Astros can bang with any offense in Major League Baseball. And when you have Framber versus Ivaldi, who's winning? When um, you have yeah. Javier versus John Gray, who's winning? Yeah. When you have yeah, Martin Perez or Andrew Heaney against one, who's winning? Like, yeah, the Astros are favored, and yeah. they're going to win those games. So that's why I look at it, it's like, these two teams play each other. The Astros have almost every advantage because the Rangers advantage is how good their hitting has been. But when the Astros get back Jordan, they can bang with them. And then they outlast them in every other category, including like defense. Yeah. The Astros have a better defensive team. Well, so. and you know, what's really standing out to me is, you know, uh, Jose Abreu looked dead. <laughs> and dead. how about the last 20 games? Not only did he make a statement in that series, last 20 games, 313, 345, 588 to 152 WRC plus. If this guy is doing that, if he's doing that, and then also the Astros have said they're open to moving an outfielder. Chaz McCormick's a good player, like a very good player that could be part of that return to go get a Shane Bieber. Like that's a perfect trade partner there because we already saw that that it worked in the past. They liked Miles Straw, but now you're going to get a way better player than Miles Straw. Chaz McCormick would probably be one of their better hitters uh, like right now, like at least in the better half of their lineup and plays a good outfield. They may not have the prospect capital that some other teams have, but they could put together some good prospects along with Chaz McCormick. Go get a Bieber. Now this team 
really looks scary like the Astros perpetually do. I think the Rangers, you know, they got the three-game cushion still after the bad series, which is the one thing that works in their favor. Uh, they they can they have a great system to trade from and the number four pick in this draft. So I think you could be even more aggressive. Like I'm okay with trading, you know, a, a, a high-level prospect, knowing that we're about to reload with like Walker Jenkins or whoever. The time is now. Yeah. So the the Rangers have probably more capital when it comes to prospect, you know, prospect pieces. And that's why I'm interested to see how much are the Astros making the Rangers sweat a little bit. And is Chris Young going to make that really, really aggressive splash because the Rangers do have the ability to, you know, make the biggest offer possible. I think just about any, they can outbid almost any team prospect wise, unless the Dodgers get involved or, you know, somebody else, but there's not very many other teams. I think the Rangers may, you know, put it all forward here and and put together a blockbuster deal. Yeah, I want to be perfectly clear here. I think the Astros outside of the Rays are the best team in the American League. That's what Rangers fans, I know you're probably steaming. You're probably like, yeah. fuck you, yeah, Peter. What you. the fuck are you talking about? Are you kidding me? We lose one series and now you're like this? <laughs> I've been saying this, ladies and gentlemen. I've been saying that the Astros are the sleeping giant of the American League. This is no disrespect to the Rangers at all. They are going to make the playoffs and they can win a world series because I've seen that offense go. And while I said the Astros can bang with them, the Rangers can bang with anyone. That's what I'm saying here. Like we're comparing best to the best. I still think so highly of the Rangers so highly they're better than most. I think they're the third best team in the American league. Like that's where I'm at with them. I think they're better than the Orioles. I think they're better than the blue Jays, the Yankees, the twins, the guardians, you name it. That's where I have them at. It's just we're splitting hairs when we're talking about two and three. That's all I mean. They're a playoff team. They're going to be aggressive at the deadline. I have full faith in Chris Young. I think he's a phenomenal GM. I think you could make the argument that he should be executive of the year. They're a very, very dangerous team, and they're going to continue to make noise. And they still might win the division. I'm just saying on an even playing field, I think the Astros have edges. And I think... And that's what I think it's going to end up. My prediction is I think the Astros win this division, but I think the Rangers finish above 90 games. I think they make the playoffs. They're going to face a team in the AL East and probably bludgeon them and face the Astros in the ALCS. Yeah. That's what I, I, I'm kind of, that's where I'm gearing towards right now. And then in that series, give me the Astros. That's what I mean. Yeah. All respect to the Rangers are a phenomenal team. But the Astros are a different giant. They're just so relenting. And they have so much talent. Like Rafael Montero has like a 70 RA. You know the Astros are going to fix that in the all-star break. And he's going to come out way better. Like they, Hector Neris has like a 1 ERA. Brian Abreu is a freak. Brian Presley does not allow shit. They are just so fucking good and i know the rangers just got to roll this chapman and, and that's why i still believe in the rangers that helps. everything they can to keep competing but i've seen the astros before and i'm scared of them that's all i gotta say yeah i would say for me to to feel like the rangers can separate themselves i want to go i want to see them go swing for the fences go get that swing the best get the best pitcher can. available go get bieber go get i think i big. think this division will be won at the trade deadline i, I really do I I would agree with you. If the if the Astros stand pat and they don't add a big time starter and the Rangers do, I'm switching my tone because like yeah. that's a separate. That's how close right? it is. That but that that's shows how, you how close, close it is. is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But if the Astros land a big time starter and the Rangers add a big time starter, advantage still Astros. Yeah. 
but the Rangers can do a lot. Losing Jacob DeGrom, I remember when we first talked about that injury, and I was like, that means a lot. Like, that was supposed to be your ace. Yeah. And that's to no fault of the Rangers. If you have Jacob DeGrom, I'm I'm talking a different tone. Yeah. But you lost maybe the most talented pitcher of all time. Yeah. It's going to be hard. <laughs> like, yeah. It just hard. is. It's hard to replace that. It's hard to replace that. Anything else on the American League West before we move on? I guess the last one real quick, we don't have to like spend too much time on it. It's just, are, are you, I mean, obviously we're extremely worried about the angels. Are they, are they cooked? Yeah. If, if these guys are injured, they're cooked. Like Gio Urshela has like a fractured pelvis. Yeah. Just... They, they don't have, they don't have the players. It's not on them. If Otani is hurt, if Trout is hurt, if Rendon is hurt, that's... And the thing with the handmade is even when Trout comes back, he, it, yeah. it takes some time to feel like yourself. I've talked to so many minor league guys that have dealt with that. And like, that's the one thing, the context that a lot of people don't have, whether you'll see a minor league guy, like power ticks down and like, you don't know why a lot of times it's like the handmate trying to just like, it takes a while. They literally take the bone out of your hand. So like your hand, you got to get used to the grip strength of not having one of the bones in there. Jack, yeah. Jack said it. The funniest he's like that. It's the appendix of the hand. Cause like you could just take it out and you don't need it, but it breaks and it's a pain in the ass, but like it serves a purpose. It's not integral, but it serves a purpose. So like, you got to get used to the grip strength without it. I'm sure trout will do it quicker than anybody else, but it's still like timeline wise, it's going to be back end of the season. And, and that really sucks. That's what I'm saying. So when you asked the question are the angels cooked, what I meant was this team right now, if they have an injured Otani trout Rendon, they're cooked. If Otani's blister is fine, comes back, pitches, totally great. They're not. If yeah, let's Trout say let's say back, Otani's let's yeah. say Otani's fine, but Trout's obviously out, Rendon's out, and all of the other guys are out. They're not cooked. They have not, Otani. I think they can stay afloat. I think they could stay afloat. They have that bad man. Yeah, they have. I mean, he's the guy the that's hitting deep. like Aaron Judge and pitching like Shohei Otani. So yeah, it's it. They yeah. still have him, and they're also going to be active at the deadline too. So yeah, that's they, what they. I meant. If they are cooked, if those three guys are out for a decent amount of time and they don't make big splashes at the deadline, then they are cooked. I want to be clear on that. Okay. If they make big splashes and those guys are hurt, they're not cooked. If Otani is totally fine and Trout comes back in a relatively short amount of time, not cooked at all because they still have those guys, right? They still have good enough pitching. They have a good enough bullpen. They've gotten a lot of contributions from a lot of good young star relievers. I don't and think it, that they're just have cooked. To stay afloat. This is the craziest part. So we saw Josh Young come back from a torn labrum by, by the end of the year. Based on timeline, there's a shot that that Logan Ohapi could be back. Um, and even if he's not hitting to the best of his ability, you're getting more than whatever you're getting behind the dish. And you know, and I know Matt Dice has played all right, but like I, I, I'd rather have Ohapi there. He's been good. He he's been, been a good. step above all right. He's been good. Yeah, he has been good. To be fair, he has been good. But you know, you'd love to get Ohapi back. You would get, you know, Neto back, I think, probably sooner than everybody else. I think, I don't know what the fractured pelvis deal is. Drury's only 10-day IL. Like, they're going to get the reinforcements back. They just have to tread water into the All-Star break. And my goodness, is this All-Star break going to be perfectly timed for the Angels? So, I agree. I don't think they're cooked, but I think it's red alert right red now. Alert. It, is, it is red alert. Can we stay afloat? Thank God for the All-Star break for the Los Angeles Angels. Because the Seattle Mariners are also playing good baseball. Great series win against the Rays, and they've been kind of beating the shit out of the Giants a little bit. 
So, yeah. well, they won 6-5. They almost blew it at the end of the first game. And then they won in a 6-0 fashion. Logan Gilbert complete game looked fucking awesome. They're coming too. That's why it's like the Angels, like, we got to act now. All right? Yep. Prospect report time. Our Layton's famous prospect report where I just sit here and listen and smile because it's awesome. We get to hear about all the prospects that could be making an impact on big league teams soon or just guys that Arms noticed that he wants to bring up to the forefront. We started this prospect report when Arms said, hey, guys, there's this really lanky and fast and powerful guy for the Reds, <laughs> Ellie De La Cruz. Have you guys heard of him? Yeah, we, now we've fucking heard of him. This is the kind of analysis that Arms brings to us. And, of course, Arm and Jack break down a ton of it on the call-up podcast, so make sure to check out that to hear more about prospect stuff. We got Arm in the meantime. Arm, talk to us. That's always just yeah, – I, I love I love the intro, man. I, I, it's I my love favorite the, time of the week. I just sit here yeah. I'm just like – <laughs> I really appreciate it. Well, so first of all, actually, the first guy I want to talk about is someone that's going to be on the call up this week. So I'm pumped about that. It's not even why I want to talk about him. Like I was going to talk about him regardless. Kobe Mayo of the Orioles. And it's so the, the, the Orioles are so annoying. But Kobe Mayo, I put out a tweet today on this guy. First base slash third base. Uh, one of my favorite bats in the minors. He was a preseason top 100 guy for us that I, I, I think is going to be a special, special bat. He's getting some Austin Riley comps, and I don't think it's crazy at all. Here's the numbers for him as a 21-year-old in double-A this year with the Baltimore Orioles. 320, 436, 632, 17 home runs, 49 extra base hits, 15% walk rate, 24% K rate. It's pretty damn good. Last 20 games, 413, 511, 907, nine home runs, 19 extra base hits, 14 walks, 16 strikeouts. Absolutely insane. He hit a home run the other day, 110 miles an hour. This guy, I I think is, by the time he debuts, and he should be in AAA by now, I, I think he might be the next guy to go up now that Colton Cowser got bumped up, who I'm about to talk about too. He might be the next best offensive prospect in the system. Like, I think he's better than Jordan Westberg. I think he's better than uh, Joey Ortiz. I think he's better than a lot of these other guys. Better than Kirsten? Yeah, I think he's yeah. better than Kirsten because he's got three years. Yeah, three years. So I I think that one Mayo is going to be top thirty, top forty prospect for us in the update. Two, he's going to go to AAA very soon. And three, this guy's hitting four hundred as a twenty one year old over his last twenty games in Double A. That that's just some insane stuff right there. Insane stuff. Let's talk about Colton Kowser. So Kowser got called up and. The Orioles are in a really good spot because they can just continue to try guys, see how it works. If they tried Joey Ortiz, he didn't perform quite the way they wanted. They send him back down. Now they bring up Westberg. He's been swinging it. So they can kind of bring up these different guys that can help them. Colton Kowser is a special, special bat. And he's a guy that I feel like we've always been higher on. I've always kind of pushed him as high as I can. Uh, he's been polarizing. I've seen some outlets that like didn't have him as a top 100 guy this year. We had him as a as a top 100 guy this year. I think he was 60-something for us. and Or maybe actually 46 for us, if I'm not mistaken. And and what he's done this year has just been outrageous. Wait, not- wait hold on. That sounds like, uh, remember in Moneyball, where um, Billy Bean played by Brad Pitt? Um, he's like, how many scattering reports did you, at- did you have? And he's like, I did 49 or 48. And then he corrects somebody. He's like, I actually did 52. I just lied right there. That felt like <laughs> yeah, he was I like remember. 60. Actually, he was like 46. 
<laughs> no, we literally like Colton Cowser is going to make this team better. I, I really think he's going to, he's going to hit the ground running. Uh, they may like kind of shelter him from lefties a little bit, but I think he's been much better. That was the big question with him. People were like, oh, well, he struggles against lefties. Well, guess what? He has a 900 OPS against lefties this year. 996 OPS this season in AAA is a 23-year-old, a young 23-year-old. They're also There's not a lot of just- him. They're not going to put him against lefties. Like, why would they, right? There's no need. So, okay, just There's put no him need. against righties. Okay, yeah. well, against righties, <laughs> he has a 1,025 OPS. Sounds good. Um, this is a guy that's going to walk. He hits the ball hard, above average speed. There's some similarities to Josh Lowe, maybe not as fast, but I think the bat is more advanced. The approach is better. The the Orioles might be getting someone that's going to really, really inject some life into them. Uh, I'm really excited about what he can do for them. And this is a player that, I mean, dude, I'm just, it's unfair what the Orioles have building there. And then, I'm sick of the Orioles coming up on this prospect report too much. As a Yankee fan, I'm just sitting here and it's like, oh, well, this guy is, he's going to be new and amazing. And then this guy, and then this guy, you know what? I'm sick of it. I'm sick. I'm sorry. Well, (laughs) let me pivot to another AL East team then. Thank you. (laughs) Great. Let's hear more. (laughs) Just, just endless. And it's never going to stop. I am so in on Carson Williams. Every time I'm waiting for this guy to slow down with, with, with the Rays, he is just not slowing down. And one of the best gloves. I love the bat. Ridiculous power. He hit a home run the other day, 450 feet. And this is a guy that just turned 20, 19 years old, I think, oh when my. he still hit the home run. <laughs> yeah, he was 19 years old on the day of the home run. He just turned 20. 450 feet is a shortstop who's a plus defender. I think he gets moved up to, to double A very, very soon. Huge, huge, huge fan of his. I think that's a guy that's that's really a, a special bat. And then one other bat that I honestly thought was dead, and I want to give him some love because he's not dead yet. Reese Hines of the Reds. I really thought this dude was never going to hit enough, and I'm still extremely concerned as to whether he's going to hit enough. But you know what? He's hitting right now. You look at the last 20 games for Reese Hines. He's hitting 408, 488, 873 in Double A with eight homers. Hey, look this. This is a guy that I thought was cooked. They moved him to the outfield. He's mashing baseballs, and maybe he's got a second wind here. He's only 22. There's a shot. I'm not giving up on him. I didn't want to, like, spend too much time on on um, talking about uh, Jonathan Aranda again because I feel like I talk about Jonathan Aranda every single Once time. Once a week. Once a week. <laughs> he's going to be one of the best trade chips on the market, so – just look out for Jonathan Aranda. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else specifically. Drew Thorpe. <laughs> oh, Drew Thorpe. Thank, Thank you. you. Drew Thorpe. Drew Thorpe has been awesome. And I hope that the Yankees don't use him as a trade chip, but they can because of the way he's been pitching. Another guy that like, why is he not in triple A at this point? Or excuse me, double A at this point. They've just been exclusively just letting him dominate in, in high A and I mean, he's been dominating in high A. His last seven starts. Do you think they're nine, you think they're juicing his stats a little bit? So it's like <laughs> they might be. That'd be the most George Steinbrenner shit I've ever seen. Just juicing stats. We don't down care there. about his development. We want him to throw no hitters in against way worse competitions so that we could deal him at the deadline when he has the stats you're about to read. I mean, dude, point last seven starts, 0.99 ERA. He's striking out 34% of batters and and that 6% walk rate. And that would be enough. But 
also, when guys are making contact, it's on the ground. So to be a ground ball pitcher who's also striking out, guys, 54% ground ball rate. So over his last 45 and two-thirds innings, Drew Thorpe has struck out 57, walked 11, given up one home run, 27 hits, and every batted ball, more than half the batted balls are on the ground. He was a high-floor college arm, but I think the ceiling continues to look higher and higher. Fastball's kind of ticked up a little bit higher to 92, 93s, grabbing in a 94. Uh, the the, the changeup is fantastic. He has this gyro-ish cutter, similar to Graham Ashcraft and some of those other guys that it, it really works for him, and I think it's why he gets the, the ground ball rate that he gets. So uh, labels as a slider to may, maybe a lot of, of other systems and what people are looking at, but it's really this gyro cutter. So he's the fastball, the gyro cutter, and he has so much confidence in it. Then he mixes in the changeup. I'm all in on this three-pitch mix. I think Drew Thorpe is a legitimate viable arm that I think is going to be a, a problem. Um, and, and I'm really excited about what he's doing there. And then Grayson Rodriguez, man. G-Rod is ready to rejoin the More rotation. Orioles or what? Can we move on? I'm sorry. <laughs> 27 whiffs last start against the Durham Bulls. 27 whiffs. Six innings, three hits, no runs, no walks, 12 Ks. The number one reason why they sent him down there was to work on fastball command. And holy shit, he was dotting it inside, outside, up, down. And it was setting up the change up perfectly. Seven whiffs on the change up. Slider was nasty. This guy's figured it out. He's ready to go back up. I, I, I've pretty much seen enough of Grayson Rodriguez. I think he's ready to go. couple more arms real quick. Caden Dana. This was an Angels guy. He'll probably get traded. Angels gave him one and a half million in like the 11th round. I think it was the highest, <laughs> highest signing bonus for anybody outside of like the first three rounds because he was a top, top high school arm, slipped out. They were able to shuffle things around and they signed Dana. Dana's been really good. His last outing really stood out to me too. Stuff looked really good in high A. Six and two thirds, three hits, no runs, one walk, nine Ks. To me, I think Caden Dana may be the best pitching prospect in that Angels system now. Wow. You put Caden Dana there with, uh, with an Edgar Caro, all of a sudden you might be able to get a, a superstar type player. You could put a package together there that, that could get it done. So I'm interested to see what they do, but I think with Kate and Dana performing, that's a really interesting one. And then one more funny one, Kyle Barraclaw. <laughs> yeah. That Kyle Barraclaw, the, the Red Sox are using him as a starter in triple a, he went six innings of 10 K ball. The, the Red Sox are down bad, man, if they're using Kyle Barraclaw as a starter. So talk to me about Kyle Barraclaw, because I, I truly don't really know who that is. Is that big news? <laughs> the Marlins traded him for, like, international slot money. He was a nasty reliever for, like, one season for them. They cashed in. And then he just has not really been able to stay healthy, didn't really stick anywhere else. I thought he, like, disappeared. I thought he, like, retired. I, I don't know. And all of a sudden, he reemerges to AAA with the Red Sox, and he's a starter. He was like a seventh inning guy. Now he's oh, a starter. 30, 33 years old, sitting 91 with the fastball. It was always about the slider, and the slider's been nasty. Maybe there's something here, uh, but it's pretty funny to just see this guy getting a look there. And then one other guy I wanted to highlight here. I have it in my notes. I'm trying to dig it up real quick if you want to buy me a second um, with yeah. any Kyle Barraclough thoughts. I don't know shit about Kyle Barracle. What I do know about the Red Sox right now is that Chris Sale is out. James Paxton is out. Garrett Whitlock just went on the IL with an elbow thing. And the rotation that they're running out currently is Brian Bayo, Tanner Houck, and then 
guys like Kyle Barenclaw. Paxton, Paxton, they're going to trade. Yeah. Cutter Crawford is Cutter he Crawford? Now? No, I mean <laughs> he's been he's been okay. He's been good. His, his the Red Sox fans keep pointing to his expected stats that I keep waiting, oh, and then he goes God. second time through the lineup, and then he you know he gets hit a little bit, but he's actually fine. I can be fine with him, but the Red Sox have real problems outside of Brian Bayo, who's been unreal. He's been great for the Sox. Bayo, Bayo, special man. That was yeah, a guy I've always awesome. I've liked since he was a prospect, but I mean he's he's pretty much answered I think every question around him he's now. Nasty. And- He's great. I, I, it's it's fun to see. Yeah. I, I'm trying to dig up. I have the exact guy I wanted to talk about, and now I don't know where it went. Probably another Oriole. No, it was actually a Mariner. <laughs> it was a Mariner. It was a Mariner, but it, it's all right. I can I can bring it back up in a second if you want to move up to the next topic. Yeah, and our, our final topic is Jimmy Cordero of the New York Yankees was just suspended for the remainder of the season. So I'll read you uh, the press release from Major League Baseball. Commissioner Rob Manfred announced today that following an investigation, New York Yankees pitcher Jimmy Cordero has accepted a suspension for the remainder of the 2023 championship season and postseason for violating Major League Baseball's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. Placement on the restricted list is effective immediately. Consistent with the terms of the policy, Cordero will participate in confidential and comprehensive evaluation and treatment program supervised by the joint policy board. This was released on July 5th. Poor timing. I found the guy, by the way. (laughs) Sorry. I said poor timing. I found the guy, by the way, but yeah, let's go. Let's talk about this right after that. We'll do it right after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so we don't like to talk about this kind of stuff on our podcast, we have built this podcast around what's on the field. We don't really talk about off the field issues really at all because it doesn't concern us. We don't know the full details. We don't know the lives of these and guys. People kind of and come to us to be an ex- escape from everything. Escape else, you know? from everything. We don't talk politics. We don't talk religion. We don't talk any of that. We talk about baseball. It is the just baseball show. And sometimes Jack will have, you know, comparisons in college basketball or he'll talk about, yeah. You know, women's college basketball coaches and like somehow bring them into how Kyle Tucker is playing. I don't know. I love Jack. I don't know what he's talking about sometimes, but that's the main point of our podcast. But the reason I wanted to bring this up is when we get into and again, and there's also just good and bad. Sorry to cut you there's off. Good and just, bad. There's good and bad. And that's there's, something that there's like- steroids and then there's child abuse and domestic abuse. Yeah. Those yeah. are two completely different things. Yeah. That's why when Domingo Herman threw the perfect game, I wasn't really all that happy with him. Was there a second where I was like, holy shit, I'm watching, you know, the 24th perfect game in major league history. And that's cool within itself. But then you, you turn off the game and you're like, did it have to go with Domingo Herman when I'm watching Marcelo Zuna have an 850 OPS for the Braves (laughs) and perform well, I don't like it. And And those are two guys that like, those are two guys that you have like documented, like on video or like witness accounts of like teammates and like all different things like doing what what they were reported to have done and when chapman he had that stuff with the shooting the gun inside of a chair i didn't know the full details but i was like you know what i don't want these guys on the yankees but as a yankee fan like speaking from the heart for a second i fucking hate this i hate like domingo ormond why do we still have him on the team jimmy cordero if he ever comes back and maybe he's innocent i don't know Right, We don't have the full details. This is just what was given to us. I'm going to assume that he's guilty. He accepted the suspension. MLB gave it to him. 
And that's that. So he's guilty of something. I'm sure we're going to see. And maybe he's not. And, and they don't hand out those suspensions. No, like that. they're they, not they just gave it to Domingo Hermano who did it at a, a Yankees event where there was no den- denying it. Exactly. There was no like big story on this first, really. It was kind of just boom and accepted it. So I, I, I think it probably happened. Playing in Major League Baseball is a privilege. There are so many talented players in the minor leagues that deserve a shot over these fucking guys. Jimmy Cordero, like Trevor Bauer is gone for Major League Baseball. I was pro that. Like, there's a lot of Trevor Bauer fans out there, and you can run me up the list and tell me why he's innocent. Major League Baseball didn't find him innocent. What am I going to do? He's gone. I'm glad. I wish Domingo Herman was gone. I wish Marcelo Zuna was gone. Chapman, I don't know the exact details, but I'm fine with him being gone. And Jimmy Cordero needs to never pitch another pitch in Major League Baseball. Like, I don't – domestic abuse, I – was like raised by my mom. I have two sisters. That issue is very pressing to me. If you are ever going to do that, if you have the psychology that at some point in your life, you want to hit a woman, you should not be on a TV screen. You should not be in professional baseball. Like that psychology. Jimmy Cordero was suspended three games for throwing Wilson Contreras' head. These guys should not be in the game in front of young kids, in front of young impressionable kids. That's just my opinion on it, and that's not going to change. So in my opinion, if you are found guilty of this, you should never pitch or bat in Major League Baseball ever again. That is my opinion on it, and it hasn't changed. I've been consistent with that. Now, steroids, different issue, right? You're, like, trying to enhance yourself. You're not doing anything to anybody else. But if you, like, commit something to someone else, and especially a woman— I have a major issue with that, and I don't think any of them should ever be in Major League Baseball. And I hate watching Marcelo Zuna play. I hate watching Domingo Herman play. Jimmy Cordero can get the fuck out of here. A world is chairman. I never liked him when I found that. I just, I have a disdain for these people. Yeah, it's it's the one thing that I am happy that the Major League Baseball has done here is is you know for a little while it was like steroids were way more of a punishable offense than child abuse and or you know any domestic violence issues and and to me that's crazy absolutely crazy but then there's the other side of like oh well he wasn't convicted of a crime well mlb does their own investigation they're going to do that i think a 76 game suspension that cordero accepts probably tells you that all the cards are on the table there and um yeah i'm interested to see how the yankees handle this specifically because the yankees are also you can't have facial hair you have to adhere to these standards. You you worked you worked there. You, you understand it. Like there's this this standard that is set, but we move the goalpost if you if you throw ninety seven. I like, can't believe it. Good, Arm. You know I what I'm saying? Like, that if they I can't let have a happen. fucking if I can't have a fucking beard, then you shouldn't be able to return to your job after this. And, and I'm saying specifically the Yankees because if they want to you know hold themselves to that that different level that different standard like. I, it, to me, that's crazy. But regardless, I, I think it should be hard for this guy to find a job. And I, and I, I think that if teams are are privy to this information, obviously they, they said it's confidential and there's aspects of it. But like, if I'm signing this guy on my team, I want to know everything that happened there because that's not a guy I want involved. And I, I'm interested to see how the Yankees handle it. You can't release him until after the suspension, anyways. Uh, but I'm interested to see how they handle this. I think the Yankees, given that they have Herman on their team, that they had Chapman, should have a zero tolerance policy for this kind of thing and should release him. You know, if if he years later comes around and says, I got therapy, I did treatment, I did these things. I do believe that there's a world of, of being able to, I think, 
improve yourself, but maybe that's not on a major league baseball stage to your point. So uh, I, I do like that baseball has these programs in place, has these things to, to help improve, you know, I, I think whatever mental health issues people may have, whatever issues they have to, to be doing these kind of things. Um, but man, 76 games, like there's definitely where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and obviously there's, there's some fire here and I hope the Yankees do the right thing and cut ties because it's just, I'm not saying the Yankees actively search for players with, with no. these kind of issues. It's bad luck, but how do you handle that now? And, and so far they've kind of been like, eh, how do you throw for I think us? they've handled it horribly arm. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I think they've handled it objectively horribly. Yes. Why is Domingo Ramon on the Yankees? It's I it's how good it's how good of a pitcher are you for us? But he's not of. even that good. What are we doing? I know. I know. He threw what the perfect game. Like, other, oh, other than that, he sucked. He was this like shit makes my skin crawl. My yeah. favorite team who holds themselves to the highest standards, the A Rod stuff. Like they, they made supported you shit, bro. steroid they guys, you- and they make you shit. Like they're ch- it's it's making me incredibly upset, and yeah. it's, well, we'll see what they do at the other side of the. And, of this right, they can't control what Jimmy Cordero does off the field. They can't control what Domingo Herman does off the field, but they can control how you respond. The, to how it. you respond, and they have not responded well at all, and it makes me really, really upset. Now um, let's talk about the Mariners guy, yeah. <laughs> Gabriel <laughs> Gonzalez. Gabriel Gonzalez has been responding well at the plate lately. Um, <laughs> So I love this guy and I'm working on the Mariners farm system. I don't know why I was drawing a blank, uh, but I've been working on the Mariners farm system rankings. There's two guys that I really wanted to talk about Cole young and Gabriel Gonzalez. Cole young is awesome. Bat to ball is unbelievable. First round pick out of high school. Just so, so, so advanced chase rate below 20%. He's just so damn good. And he's going to fly through the minor leagues. One of the highest floor high school guys I've seen in a while. I loved that pick and he looks awesome. Gabriel Gonzalez aggressive hitter like the other way, but he hits the crap out of the ball. And over his last 30 games on the same team, the Modesto nuts low a they're both 19 last 30 games for Gabriel Gonzalez is a 19 year old in low a 338, 373, 523 slash on with a 15% K rate. He's spraying the ball all over the field. This guy is kind of making his way towards top 100 consideration. I love what he's doing at the plate. I'm a big fan of his and, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give some shine to uh, Gabriel Gonzalez. I think this is a name that a lot of people should be watching pretty closely and um, could be one of those next like high-level prospects that I think people will be uh, excited about. And that'll do it for this episode of the J- Just Baseball Show. We will, of course, be back tomorrow. That's Arm. I'm Peter. And the best way to support the Just Baseball Show is to get yourself some Just Baseball merch. There is plenty of new stuff in our merch store that is linked down below. And of course, we are brought to you by the King Sportsbooks Bet MGM. Use promo code Just Baseball for up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your original bet loses. That link is in the episode description as well. Make sure to join us. We're going to be talking about it all week. The eBay event um, during the All Star Game, or not during the All Star Game. Give the people the primer again. I'm so bad with events, and like I'm so excited for it. And I never forget. July 9th, July 9th at the uh, Gantry Public House. Also, Hayden McGeary of the Cubs. That guy has 70 juice. Look out for Hayden McGeary of the Cubs. He's crazy. Big power, mashing 15th round Juco pick. No one wants to talk about him. I love Hayden McGeary. That's uh, now I'm done with the prospect report. Oh, I love that. All right. So the best way to support, again, if you don't want to spend a dime, is to rate and review this podcast five stars, whether it be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, and hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and comment more stuff that you want to hear from us. Again, that's Arm. I'm Peter. And with that, thank you, everybody.